Welcome to the Startup CPG Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Yepes Blundell. I have a story to tell you about today's guest. When I first met Chu and Lee, co-founder of Vervet, it was a virtual fireside chat I was hosting. The topic was how brands, regardless of size, need to show up for diversity, equity, and inclusion. I could immediately feel Tuin's passion for the topic, and we'll get into that today. The conversation was going so well, but what did I do? I inadvertently muted his mic, moved him to the audience, and never brought him back on stage. It was a rookie mistake, and I was mortified, so I found him on LinkedIn, I sent him an apology note, and he so graciously accepted. And now, at least in my mind, we're internet friends, and I'm excited excited to chat with him to hear about his ready-to-drink sparkling cocktails and how he's harnessing the cultural wealth of California. Well, hi, Tuan. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you, Jennifer. Uh, so happy to be here. Yeah, thank you for joining. You have a very impressive resume, right? Before starting Vervet, you were in the visual creative arts space, photography space. Where did that idea of Vervet start? You know, uh, I've always been really attracted to storytelling, especially cultural storytelling. Um, you know, I'm, I still consider myself a photographer. Um, in fact, I'm kind of planning a personal project right now that sort of executes, uh, you know, what I'm most passionate about is sharing cultural stories. The, you know, and food and beverage has always been a real passion and interest of mine. Um, you know, at one point in my life, I almost entered, you know, this space professionally by opening a restaurant, but, you know, I elected against it, but I've always followed it. Living here in Los Angeles and California, um, especially seeing um, the, the power of, of food and beverage here, especially through storytelling, was the real inspiration behind Vervet. You know, what Vervet is, is being able to celebrate all the, the cultural contributions here and all the California farms. And cocktails just seem like the perfect vehicle for that. And Vervet didn't happen overnight, right? Tell, tell me a little bit about that idea spark. Yeah, the idea spark was all of us, you know, we just love craft cocktails, you know, a lot. And knowing that it was something that you could only experience at a craft cocktail bar, it had to be made fresh. So outside of that, there wasn't a real way to experience craft cocktails. How do you experience bar quality cocktails in a really convenient format? So that is where the spark was, is at the store shelves and not seeing that choice uh, on the shelves. And there was like a couple, but um, what we were seeing were not bar quality cocktails. So we saw a huge opportunity in that. And a really interesting fact about all of us who founded this company, I was the original founder, but we all met in a bar. So we, we met in that environment. We, we, so we always bonded over our love of, of craft cocktails. So what's that moment from when it goes from an idea that you're kicking around amongst friends at a bar to actually putting money behind it and saying, yeah, let's run with this. Let's go. Well, it, that was with, with Hope actually was, you know, who is our, one of our co-founders. She's a 10-year craft cocktail bartender. And with her skill set, you know, like, hey, can we just pre-batch your cocktails and package this into cans? You know, that was kind of our really simple, naive thinking at that time. You know, I'm so happy that she was really enthusiastic and down for, you know, for trying this. And then I think what really gave us the final added confidence was coming across Ventura Spirits, which is a, a really great craft distillery here in Southern California. And they saw our vision and what we wanted to do 
um, and they fully supported it. And uh, once they kind of came on board to help us, you know, to become our co-packer, essentially, that's when we decided, okay, this is real. <laughs> let's put some let's put some money into this. And you talked a little bit about you were seeing some items on the shelf, but what was missing? Where did you see that opportunity to create something new? We weren't seeing premium ready to drink cocktails, right? And what the the products that were on the market were kind of using what we would judge as sort of low quality uh, spirits, and there wasn't a, a lot of intentionality behind it nor transparency when it comes to ingredients. And then when it came to flavorings, uh, it was it was opaque. We really weren't sure, you know, we didn't see there was a, a producer putting out fresh flavors, working directly with farms the way Hope would at her bar, right? She works with fresh juices at her bar. So that's what we weren't seeing. And then, you know, after tasting the products, that sort of confirmed it. So we knew there was an opportunity. And that's the one thing that I really love about Vervet is this LA culture meets California agriculture. Why was that important for you to source directly and follow this farm to can mission? Well, we, you know, for Hope, the ethos that she brought to the company is, is sort of drink better. And one of that aspects is in working with the sort of traditional practices of flavoring beverages and cans, sort of like these lab produced flavors. And, you know, Hope did not feel comfortable working with it. We tried making cocktails with it, but they were okay. But, you know, it, she wasn't confident because it basically came down to a very simple question. Would I serve this to any of my customers, you know, sitting at my bar? And her answer was no. So that was why she's like, listen, at my bar, I always just work, you know, we just directly work with, with, with farms, you know, for our fresh juices. And that's what she wanted to do. And we, we fully supported that. Let's dig in deeper into that. No shortcuts, right? How are you sourcing those ingredients um, from everything from your packaging? What does no shortcuts look like in daily business decisions for you and your co-founders? The no shortcuts basically is, you know, we kind of have a stated mission and we make a promise to the customer of what we're we're producing and, and delivering to them. And because, you know, we care what we're making and what people are consuming because we, you know, we consume these ourselves, we're really dedicated to making sure we're putting out a product that we, we really stand behind. And we did notice that like in this in this particular beverage industry, there are a lot of shortcuts available to us and I understand how they can be attractive, but the the end result, the outcome is very compromised and we weren't happy with it. And so without that passion being in the company, it's not really motivating to work on this on a day-to-day -day basis. And what is your advice to other founders who are grappling with this tension too as they scale to really stay true to that founding mission? I would say this is important for us because it actually goes towards product differentiation. So, you know, as soon as you do start taking shortcuts, you're actually just moving closer and closer to products that already exist on the market. And it's harder for you to differentiate yourself, you know, from a product quality standpoint and all your value propositions. So it's worth the effort. You know, in, in our case, we worked really hard contacting farms to get all of our fresh juices, our fresh citrus juice. And, you know, Hope actually took the added step and she made her own bitters vermouth and amaro for us, you know, and that was a lot of work. Our product development was nearly three years 
but it was it was well worth it. And talk to me a little bit about product innovation. Like Vervet's story is deeply rooted in LA culture and a big part of that brand is honoring the diversity of the city. How how are you doing that in your flavors? So, you know, if if you've ever eaten here in Los Angeles, what you'll notice is all of the chefs of some of the, the best restaurants, LA is one of the best food cities in the country, mostly because the chefs here have this very rich cultural toolbox. If you look at their menus, they're combining, you know, ingredients from, from Europe, Latin America to Asia. And at the same time, they get to work with California farms. You know, our farmers markets are pretty, pretty incredible here. We're very lucky to have this growing region. So we're doing the same thing, but with cocktails. And so in our recipes, you're going to see Korean burdock, Saigon cinnamon, Persian limes, ingredients from all the different cultures here. And that's, that's one of the, the biggest ways we celebrate these different cultures in our recipes. We also celebrate it in, in our brand story too, as well. You know, in particular, you know, our tiki tea is a tribute to Filipino bartenders who have were left out of the tiki story, you know, of the tiki culture. So that's, that's sort of two ways we can do it is not only in our recipes, but also in our brand story as well, the story behind the cocktails. And it can be a really thin line, culture appropriation versus appreciation. What are those daily conversations when you guys started to make sure that you were honoring? Yes, absolutely. Um, that was actually in large part, it was another motivation uh, for me personally to start this, to sort of redefine what a diverse company and, and an inclusive company mean today. And we obviously wanted to land firmly on the cultural appreciation side. And in order for us to be confident in doing so, we want to make sure that the, found, that the founding team is diverse. We're Vietnamese, Korean, female founded, Filipino and Jewish. And we want to sort of continue scaling that diversity at the, at the team level so that we can continue to appreciate the different cultural aspects in our recipes and our brand in a way that is a celebration and it's not appropriating. Well, I think you guys do a fantastic job. All the external marketing and narrative, even the visual identity, it is really coming from a place of celebrating. And I, I feel like the consumers get that. Thank you. Another Vervet line that I really love is the unbasic drinks for uncomplicated people. What have you learned about your consumer? Consumers are socially conscious and uh, they're, they're conscientious consumers. They really want to know when it comes to brand infinity and which brands they, they support and get behind. They really want to learn who the people are and what the brand values are. So that was, that was something really great to learn. Uh, it sort of confirmed some of our assumptions. The other thing we learned about our consumer is even when it comes to social beverages, um, health and wellness is increasingly playing a growing factor. So they expect, you know, the transparency and quality ingredients as they do in all of their CPG products, not, you know, outside of, uh, you know, alcohol CPG, they want the, they want the same qualities there. So that was a really great thing to learn because that's something that we wanted to provide. It gives me so much hope, right? And it, it's a sense of optimism that these young and nimble brands such as yourself is approaching everything from a sustainability and equitable and inclusiveness. And that's just something that I feel like legacy brands are missing. And they're not really truly in touch with the consumer mindset and what they're wanting. You know, it's a privilege to be doing so, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis. It We're figuring out, it's, there's this sort of feeling of like, 
a lot of the solutions aren't there. And there's, you know, I know there's a growing community of emerging CPG brands like Vervet that are sort of doing the same. So it's nice to sort of be in touch with them and share collective intelligence. Like, hey, how are you solving this? Because we're running, you know, in, into blocks, you know, and blockers. It's, it's, it feels messy, but at the same time, it is a privilege to be doing this. And there's continually, you know, each month I see more inspiring solutions and, and ways out there for us to continue with our, our larger mission. You know, being the quote unquote new kid on the block right now, and you mentioned affinity and a big thing is affinity transfer, right? Being close to a similar mindset company brand. Are you doing a lot of partnerships or partnerships with influencers or like-minded CPG brands to tap into their consumer base? Yes, absolutely. Here in Los Angeles, we did an initiative last year. We partnered, you know, with Cool House, which is not only female founded, but it's also LGBTQ. So we're able to celebrate our shared values, you know, as well and tapping into a similar consumer base. And, you know, we have partnerships coming up this year as well. But yeah, the community partnerships, especially with brands, you know, CPG community, those are opportunities that we we actively seek out. And we love uh, hearing from other CPG brands that want to partner with us as well. Too, and I think it, it goes for you as a human and you as your brand, but that transparency is there. And I love the messaging that you have of, hey, we're not perfect. We're, you know, we're in growth mode, but as we continue to grow, we're going to continue to do better. The message of Vervet is basically cocktail culture meets LA culture meets California agriculture. I would say those that that's the foundation of Vervet and then the brand messaging, we just kind of want to scale from that. And we want to do that in our the visual content and in our copy at this at, at the next round. And you know, we also have new products coming in the pipeline and we want to sort of continue that message too as well uh, throughout our whole product line. Can you share what's coming down the pipe? I can. I'm, I'm excited to say, you know, we have a 7% ABV product, but we have a low ABV product in the pipeline. And where it looks like we're going to be doing a sake highball, we're very happy about that, or a sake tonic. Hope is busy at work. We're actually partnering with a really great uh, sake producer here in Southern California. I understand it's the first sake producer in Southern California. And we also have a 0% cocktail in the pipeline too as well, uh, which we're very excited about. So what's the North Star for Vervet? Where do you guys want to go? Where do you want to be? Where I would like for Vervet to be is really to become a part of one of the leading new brands of this century that's sort of redefining what it means to be an American brand and to help redefine inclusivity, you know, not just at the brand narrative level, but at the C-suite level and at the cap table level. And to, to really help define that what an inclusive company is, is it's more than just the brand narrative. It comes down to the people within the company. And are you seeing this like a half glass, half full, half empty right now in terms of, you know, you mentioned the cap table and people who are wanting to support you and partner with you. Are you seeing a change? Is there some momentum towards that inclusivity? Absolutely. I There is so much motivation and inspiration. I am continually inspired I am seeing the culture change at every level. 
you know, I venture capital companies, I see their investment thesis changing and which is really kind of where it starts because, you know, underrepresented communities typically don't have access to capital early stage, which is when startups really need it. The idea and the founding team, it can, it can really die. And if they don't have access to capital, which is something that they need. So I'm seeing VCs like prioritizing DEI at the top of at the top of their investment thesis, so how they're going to deploy capital. The result of that is I'm seeing, you know, right now, just beyond Vervet, there's so many incredible CPG brands that are practicing the same inclusivity ethos uh, as we are. And that's really great to see. And it's a very fast growing community. I mean, off the top of my head, you know, I can, I can name several in a variety of different spaces. Amsam being one. Flyby Jing, Baku, and Lunar, and there's there's so many more. Well, it takes guts to be that disruptor brand, and I think you guys are doing a fantastic job. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> so important question, where can all of our listeners get Vervet? You can go to drinkvervet.com. We have an online store. We're available in 41 states. And if you live here in Los Angeles, uh, we're available, you know, over 30 retailers across the LA area. Thanks for joining us. Come connect with an entire community of founders and experts at StartupCPG.com. When you sign up for our newsletter and the Slack channel, you'll get access to insights, resources, and expert advice. And speaking of advice, if your brand is needing clarity on how to show up authentically in the diversity, inclusion, and social impact space, email me. Alongside executive producing this podcast, I run my own consultancy, working at the intersection of diversity, equity, and inclusion, and brand marketing. I know, I know it's a mouthful, and so is my email address, jblundell at medithaconsultingllc.com. Don't worry, I'll put all this information in the show notes so you have it at the ready. And as always, thanks to the Super Fantastics for our theme music. This song is called Home. You can check it out on Spotify. I'll leave it playing a little bit longer today so you can jam out. And of course, make sure you share this podcast with your network to help us grow. See you next time.